Thursday, November 25th, 2021. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. And today, from your news team, Activision and Blizzard under more scrutiny after a new report from the Wall Street Journal. Are we getting a new Mass Effect adaptation from Amazon Studios? And I think Norman Reedus might just be Hideo Kojima's best friend. This is the Culture Jack News Desk. This is the Culture Jack News Desk. I'm your host, Dustin. And like I said, happy Thanksgiving. If you are listening to this on the day it has been posted, well, I mean, I guess I can't say that with any degree of certainty, but I'd like to think that I was able to get this episode out to you on Thanksgiving because I am. I'm very thankful for you to have you as a listener, as a friend, as a confidant, as you know, maybe a getaway driver, maybe someone to help me bury a body. I mean, like that is, that's up to you. Who knows where this relationship between you and I uh, is going to go. (laughs) I'm very happy to be back after a week off. I did take last week off from the news desk. Anthony was more than gracious to cover my shift here at the news desk. Even though the team over here is a little rowdy for him, he said he had a, a few problems, but he did a marvelous job. So if you did not already check out that episode, go back to last week. Uh, hear a man uh, who doesn't typically talk about video games on our podcast talk about video games on our podcast. It was kind of nice. It was kind of fresh, uh, kind of exciting. I might have to get over there and talk about movies, but I talk about movies a lot on on Friday anyway. If this is your first time to the podcast, if you are enjoying the sound of my voice or uh, what I've got to say or how I'm saying it, um, please subscribe to the podcast leave us a review give the the thumbs up button or the heart or the like or whatever whatever it is Uh, i'm doing this podcast right now with a mouthful of canker sores (laughs) and that sounds absolutely disgusting now that it's out of my my mind meat and through my mouth meat into uh your ear meat i guess would be that I don't know what's going on today. Look, I take a week off and I forget how to do an episode of the news desk and just talk about just talk about video games, which is what I'm what I'm going to do. What I'm trying to say is, I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I hope that you filled your bellies to the rafters, delicious meals that were tenderly and lovingly prepared by family and friends, and maybe even yourself. I don't know how how good of a cook you are. Maybe you're an excellent chef. Uh, I hope that you got to break bread with people that maybe you haven't seen in a long time uh, and that you kept (laughs) the more divisive topics uh, to yourselves and had an enjoyable time rather than uh, table flipping, food throwing, and otherwise contempt between you. I don't know why. That's just kind of the stereotypical uh, stereotypical thing that happens uh, during a, a Thanksgiving meal in a sitcom. I guess I don't know what am I talking about? Let's get uh, let's get into some of this news. 
All right, so our first news story. Now, all this is coming from Gaming Bolt, as is per usual. I like to I like to peruse the headlines. Now, since I have missed a week, there's quite a lot to get into, so I don't know why I'm giving this exaggerated, extended preamble, but I am. It's just the way that I operate. You guys know that. If you've been here for a while, you know that. If you're new here, you're like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? A lot, frankly. Uh, but that's not what we're going to talk about. Our first news story, GTA Trilogy remaster developer is, quote, enjoying this unparalleled level of scrutiny. Uh, Grove Street Games CEO Thomas Williamson has taken to Twitter to address the criticisms aimed at the Grand Theft Auto, the trilogy. Um, what did he say? What did he say? Uh, he said in a tweet, it's so fun to see players out there really enjoying what we've put together for them. I'm honestly enjoying this unparalleled level of scrutiny on our studio. Today we are celebrating our monumental project launch while we work on updates. And as I go through these news stories, this is from the past couple weeks. So that was posted on November 11th. So it's been a minute since he said that. But Grove Street was the developer that worked with Rockstar to get these remasters put out. And apparently, there has been quite a few issues with these remasters to include a lot of clipping issues, bugs, glitches, and that sort of thing. They just feel incomplete. Another thing that has been done with these remasters is because many games of bygone eras of my youth and your youth, most likely, used different sneaky tricks to kind of cover up the rough edges of their games to include game fog, narrow corridors, and these things. So when you remaster a game from the past and you remove some of the some of the fuzziness around the edge, what you really do is you end up maybe showing off more than you intended to. I said the same thing very early on with uh, Blu-ray DVDs. Well, they're not Blu-ray DVDs, they're Blu-rays. Are they Blu-ray DVDs? I don't know, but when we started watching Blu-rays and we started watching these things in 4K and in high def, a lot of the older movies, when you put them in to like a high def format, you really take away a lot of what was hiding the wires and what was hiding the makeup and maybe hiding uh, a set that wasn't so, uh, I guess, well designed or something like that. And that, too, is true about this new GTA uh, Definitive Trilogy remaster. And so uh, the Grove Street guy, you know, taking it on the chin, uh, taking it with a grain of salt, and they're working on updates and patches and stuff. Uh, but it's fun to have those games back. Oh, another problem with this this GTA remaster is, is it was having all of these problems, and at the same time, the PC stores removed the uh, they removed the original versions of the games off of their stores and so what that did is it essentially replaced a version of the game that worked with one with one that did not uh, quote we're just getting started says PlayStation boss as the PlayStation 5 turns one year old and so that's CEO Jim Ryan um, celebrating uh, the PlayStation 5. Now, Jim Ryan, we've got some news about him a little later on 
in the show. Beyond Good and Evil 2 is, quote, suffering a development crisis, and cancellation is deemed inevitable. This is one of two rumors that I uh, took a peek at in this news cycle. <laughs> this news cycle. The, a news cycle is like 24 hours. Now, this is a two-week news cycle. So is that a news cycle? Is that like a news fortnight? Is that like uh, a, a news score? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the other rumor is Beyond Good and Evil is not going to come out probably until 2024 or 2025. So both of these rumors uh, parlay the idea that Beyond Good and Evil is a game that still has some work cut out for it, if it is even coming out at all, which I hope it does. It looks like a fantastic, I mean, the, the original Beyond Good and Evil was a cult classic. A lot of people liked it. Um, and the, the cinematic that we got a few years ago, like I think it was 2018, 2019, we got a cinematic at E3 for Beyond Good and Evil 2, and that looks so amazing. They showed off some flight mechanics, some fight mechanics, and those looked really cool in the game. I really hope they stick with this one because I never played the original Beyond Good and Evil, and so this would be my entry point into the series, and I hope it's one that serves the series well, and gives me a good first impression of it, and anyone else that's anyone else that's looking for it too. The Elder Scrolls 6's Xbox exclusivity is quote not about punishing any other platform. Phil Spencer said that in order to be on Xbox, I want us to be able to bring the full, complete package of what we have. Uh, he also said, not him, maybe it was him. He also said in what I guess looks like to be the same interview with GQ that Xbox Game Pass was originally supposed to be a rental service, which is kind of a surprising statistic or a, a surprising fact. It's not a statistic. There's no numbers involved in this, um, but that's kind of surprising. I am so glad that Game Pass ended up being the subscription service that we have today. There are so many games that I have played off of that service that I've downloaded that I, well, I didn't like very much, to be perfectly frank. And I was like, this game is trash. This game is garbage. But my interest in those games initially, whether it was from uh, cover art, whether it was from uh, demos or uh, videos that I saw online on YouTube or something like that, I would have maybe bought those games. And so essentially Game Pass has saved me money. And that's just to say for the games that I did not like, for the games that I liked, which there have been many, and there have been many good games on Game Pass that I've played as well, I've certainly got that, I think it's like a $120 value, $180 value. I, I, I'm, a guy, I'm a kind of guy who would spend $180 on games in a year. And so it's, it's well worth the money, at least, at least for me. What would it have looked like as a rental service? I wonder, I'm, I'm, now I'm kind of bummed I didn't dig into this uh, more, but was this maybe during the, the boom of, of Netflix and making it a streaming service uh, akin to uh, Netflix's early years, not a streaming service, but a, like a rental service uh, akin to Netflix's early years? Interesting. I guess we'll never know. <laughs> The sun sets on that story and on to the next. Halo Infinite Multiplayer hit a peak concurrent stream or Steam user count of over 272,000 
at launch. Now, Anthony said it last week that he got an opportunity to play some Halo Infinite and jump on and download the Halo Infinite multiplayer, which Shadow dropped as a surprise release, uh, which is also free. Uh, last week, and he said he was having a load of, load of fun. I've got to get get the thing downloaded and uh, get in there into some Slayer with him as well here pretty soon. And I've also been seeing a lot of social media videos, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, that have shown off uh, Halo, Halo Infinite in its multiplayer glory. And a lot of people are really enjoying it, it would seem. Uh, and... and I will be too. I'm going to get it downloaded here in the next day or two, I think. Microsoft adds a FPS boost to 37 backward compatible titles on Xbox Series X and S. And so that list is, let's see, <clears throat> Alan Wake, Assassin's Creed, Binary Domain, uh, Black uh, College Football Experience, Doug Williams, Ed, Darksiders, uh, do, 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 do. Dead Space 2, Dead Space 3, God, there's a lot of them, uh, Fear, Fable, Fallout, Far Cry, Final Fantasy, Gears of War, looks like uh, Lego, Lord of the Rings, Medal of Honor, Mirror's Edge, Nier, Sonic All-Stars, uh, Racing Transformed, I know that Anthony's a big fan of racing games, so he'll really enjoy, he'll really enjoy the FPS boost on that, and what that is, is essentially... They are using their newer hardware to upgrade some of these games with um, frames per second boosts, which is really cool, especially for shooting games and games where there's a lot of frantic action like Gears of War. So I'm very excited for that. I think that's very cool. Fortnite is just made just had an update. Um, my whole family just downloaded this update. It's a Naruto update. And we had talked about in episodes past that there was a deal going on between Epic and Chuswin that some of the, their more popular shonen anime characters could come to Fortnite. And this is obviously proving true now that Naruto and Sasuke and Kakashi are all joining the fray over there at Fortnite. But does this portend to perhaps a further anime engagement to Fortnite? Like, are we going to be seeing characters from Bleach, from Dragon Ball, from Hunter by Hunter, from One Piece? I'd be very excited if we did. Call of Duty cheating suspensions can now apply to current and future titles. So that's very interesting. If you get busted cheating in one Call of Duty game and you get a suspension, that suspension could be prolonged onto further iterations of the game, which would then hopefully discourage cheating in such a way. And I, I, I wanted to I wanted to screen cap and talk about this article a little bit just because there was another thing that I saw, I think it was on TikTok, of uh, a, a cheating exploit, not a cheating exploit, a cheating um, preventative measure that had, I think my, maybe it was Battlefield 2042, but it had all of these dummy people set up around the map. And the dummy people had, they were just like this, these amorphous blobs of, you know, two or three people all stuck together with arms poking out every which way. And then different reticles, different like symbols popping up on them, like a magic spell or something it looked like. And the goal of these dummies set up around the map was if a player had on a 
like a, a an aim hack where you know the the reticle of the gun just moves right to the player and you can just laser the player and so there's no aiming required and you just get mowed down by these cheaters that that hack would also work on these dummies and so if a player continually shot at one of these dummies the game would record it and thus identify the cheater with the aim hack so it's a really cool situation i think it's i think it was battlefield 2042 i'm not entirely sure dragon ball the breakers has been announced uh it's an asymmetrical multiplayer survival title and it's launching in 2022 so i'm gonna get i'm gonna get a little bit on my anime side here i know it's like a video game podcast but i'm hoping that uh those two worlds kind of overlap in in my podcast episode so uh, if you're not familiar with Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z specifically, there is an arc within the Dragon Ball Z series where these androids who are created by the Red Ribbon Army, this this guy, I think his name is Dr. Jiro, he comes back from years in the past wanting revenge on Goku, the primary protagonist. So he creates these androids to um, essentially... Uh, learn all of the fighting tactics of all of the all of the Z fighters of years past, and he and then in the future creates another character uh, named Cell or another android named Cell. But his primary directive is to absorb both androids 17 and 18. God, if I am not getting this correct, I know there's a Dragon Ball fan out there listening to me right now that's going to be like, "You disgusting Cretan." That may be true, sir or madame, but just allow me to continue. Uh, so uh, once this creature, this android, absorbs Android 17 and 18, he, he gets into his most powerful form, his cell form. Well, there's an arc early on where this cell, android, he comes back in order to absorb these other two androids, but he's incomplete. And it's they give like a very... Uh, a very distinct homage to the Twilight Zone movie where he like pulls Krillin through the, the side of a plane and he's on the wing of a plane and he shakes his finger at him. But he's going through towns and one of the things he does is he sucks up people's life force with this like uh, <laughs> hypodermic needle tail that he has and he sucks their life right out of them. And so he continually is getting stronger and stronger from all the people he's eating and he leaves nothing behind except their clothes. And so in this game, in the trailer that I watched, it looks like you play as some of the less powerful characters, like Oolong, a shape-shifting uh, pig. You play as Balma, I think I saw in there, and maybe Krillin as well. Let me look at this screen cap. Looks like we might have, yeah, we got Balma. And then I think this is a game that is trying to find a niche within the, like, Dead by Daylight, the... What is that? What is the other game where you have killers and survivors, but doing it in the Dragon Ball Z universe? So kind of a, a cross between those two things. All right. So I found another article about Grand Theft Auto, the trilogy, the definitive edition. It has a collective Metacritic user score of 0.5. That's not very good. Saints Row has been delayed to August 23rd, 2022. If anyone was looking forward to that, I believe that was supposed to come out uh, the first two or three months of this next year. I think it was a January release initially, but I could be mistaken. 
All right, on to the Activision Blizzard news that I promised you at the beginning. Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotick protected abusers, made death threats against employees, a new report claims. And this is a report from the Wall Street Journal. Let's see, uh, read some of the report here. Um, Wall Street Journal's report claims the evidence, including internal company documents, as well as interviews with former employees, suggest these things. One instance concerned the alleged rape of an employee at Sledgehammer Games by a superior in 2016 and a case of sexual harassment in 2017 with Javier Panameno being accused as the perpetrator in both instances. The report claims that Kotick, who was aware of both instances, did not disclose the matter to the board and no action was taken against Ponomeno uh, until the threat of legal action led to the matters being settled out of court. Um, it looks like fellow Call of Duty studio Treyarch also had uh, similar issues where studio head Dan Bunting was accused and uh, accused and sexual harassment, probably accused of sexual harassment in 2017. Activision Blizzard's HR department investigated the matter, upon which it recommended that Bunting be fired. Kotick allegedly stepped in and blocked Bunting's firing. So Kotick uh, looks like he was maybe implicit, you know, according to this uh, alleged report here. Um, then there was an email that was sent out. Uh, the email, widely criticized as being dismissive, was blasted by thousands of company employees. Oh, that was the... That was on to the most recent stuff that we got from Activision Blizzard that we've been reporting on, you know, for months now. Uh, meanwhile, in 2007, Kotick threatened to, quote, destroy a woman who was suing him, alleging sexual harassment against the pilot of a private jet co-owned by Kotick. Um, so more Blizzard news, I guess, uh, on top of that, like there's a lot that I, I like I said, I just came back after a couple week hiatus. I've been picking up a lot of news. So it's it's interesting as I was gathering these news pieces, trying to put together this show. It was just one thing after another. And so you're going to kind of experience that same journey with me here as we talk about the different studios reactions to these revelations uh, from the Wall Street Journal report uh, and the like. But this is kind of a different story, but also kind of on the same uh, page. Now, remember, we talked about Blizzard's co-lead, Jen O'Neill, uh, the one that had stepped up to lead Activision Blizzard alongside, not Activision Blizzard, excuse me, just Blizzard alongside Mike Yabara. She had resigned due to, quote, being tokenized, marginalized, and discriminated against. So that's not a good look. You get your replacement in there and then more of the same things that you're being accused of and the more of the same things that there's even need for a replacement uh, start happening to that replacement. And there was a one point during all this that apparently about 100 employees gathered outside of uh, Blizzard's Irvine headquarters demanding CEO Bobby Kotick resign. So, I mean, it's just like... We, and we've talked about it before, but the misconduct, the harassment, all of that is terrible. But there is a point, too, where if you are asked to fix these problems and you do not fix these problems, you are going to lose the, the trust of your investors as well, of your stakeholders and your stockholders and your shareholders. You are going, uh, you're going to put yourself 
in a very financially uncertain position. And that's not something you want to do, Bobby Kotick. Um, but we've got more more to cover on him later. In different news, Hellblade, Sinua's Sacrifice, now supports ray tracing on PC. Sinua's Sacrifice. Was that the first one? Yeah, it must have been the first one. God, that's such a good game. Play that if you have not played that game. Uh, Phil Spencer's got more to say about NFTs. He said that he says that they feel more exploitative uh, than they they feel like they're about entertainment. I know a, a lot of people that pay attention to what we do here on this show, pay attention to you know digital spaces and technology spaces, obviously video games and entertainment and movie spaces. This thing, the crypto thing is becoming more and more pervasive. I just saw a crypto.com commercial with Matt Damon in it. So I don't know what that means. That one, that there was a commercial. No, it wasn't a commercial. It was a preview before a movie that I went and saw. I just saw Clifford the, the Big Red Dog. Because <laughs> I'm a man, goddammit. And that's what men do. They go see Clifford the Big Red Dog with their daughters who have wanted to see that movie for a long time, even though there's no chance in hell that they would have seen it by themselves. But it was a, it was a trailer at the beginning of Clifford the Big Red Dog for Crypto.com. So this kind of technology is creeping more and more into digital spaces that we've known for a long time, like video games, there will be a point that there will be an NFT portion of your game that is associated with some kind of token or coin on the blockchain. I don't know when that is. I don't know how that's going to look. I don't know how that's going to manifest itself, but it's going to happen. But right now, Phil Spencer does not seem interested in NFTs. Pragmata has been delayed to 2023. That was that kind of weird sci-fi one we saw at E3 this summer uh, where there was like the little girl in the street and then like the dude that was in the armor, but it was kind of a spacesuit, and then he shot up into the air and then changed something into a big net and there was like floating and the hair mechanics like hair mechanics in any game look really weird because we do not have that technology, at least in most established games yet. That's why hair is always very static. In games, Halo Infinite is tuning uh, its challenges and increasing XP boosts to fix Battle Pass progression. So there was a problem when Halo Infinite multiplayer came out. Oh, shit. And Anthony told me about a fix. There's a fix for Halo Infinite. What was he telling me? He said, make sure you mention this in your podcast. Do not forget it. I will disown you if you forget to mention this in your podcast episode on Thursday. There was a fix for Halo Infinite. Oh, yeah. So if you want, uh, he told me this, so you have to take his word, not mine, because I have not played yet. But there is a bug or a glitch that probably will soon be patched if it is not already. But if your Halo Infinite multiplayer keeps shutting down and you cannot get into the app, one thing you can do on the Xbox is you can go back to your game's library and press what I historically call the start button, the right menu button on your Xbox controller, which will bring up a menu and you remove Halo Infinite from your quick resume and then launch Halo Infinite uh, that way. And it should fix your, your Halo Infinite launch problem. Or at least, according to Anthony, that is the, the most uh, recent and best solution to it. And like I said, this could be 
patched very quickly. It could be updated very quickly, but that was a problem he was having. And so he, he said, make sure we share it with our viewers because we care about them. And on Thanksgiving, you want to care about and be thankful to those people that mean the world to you and show them and tell them how to play Halo Infinite multiplayer correctly. And so that's what I did. Um, what I, I had some other stuff I wanted to talk about Halo Infinite as well. Um, I've seen some tips recently on Halo Infinite if you want to get better at your game without actually having to get better. But some of the options include going into your UI menu, adjusting your settings. There's a setting in there, and I can't remember what it is called, but it is how much of your weapon takes up of your screen. So like the battle rifle will maybe take half of your screen, you adjust this setting and it brings it further down and to the right. And what that does, it, it further pronounces your field of view so you can see more of what's going on. And that has to be a benefit. Another thing that you can do with your UI is apparently there is a color and it's typically red or blue that your enemy team and your ally team are shaded around. Now, I don't think it makes much of a difference uh, for what your ally team is shaded, but there was a bright yellow color. It was bright yellow or bright pink. It must have been bright yellow. A bright yellow color that when you equipped it, you could more easily see the enemy players. And so that's probably a setting that you're going to want to change uh, if, you, if you have an option. I mean, if you're looking to toggle around the settings, but by all accounts, Anthony is having a lot of fun with Halo Infinite multiplayer. Oh, but one of the things that I wanted to say about Halo Infinite, I mean, obviously I wanted to say a lot of things about Halo Infinite, otherwise I wouldn't have said anything about Halo Infinite, uh, is one of the problems that players were having with the Battle Pass was that they were not generating XP toward the Battle Pass after matches because they would have to uh, otherwise complete very, very specific challenges that oftentimes were contrary to the main point of the game. You're playing Capture the Flag uh, with a big group of people, and your goal is to get a bunch of, um, I don't know, headshots with the pistol or something. I mean, a lot of people do that already because apparently the headshot, uh, the pistol is very overpowered or correctly powered in Halo lore because it's always been a really popular gun. I just never liked it because it doesn't go brat brat, <laughs> as they say in the in the rap song. So uh, as a consequence of that, a lot of people were not getting experience toward the battle pass. And so some of that fine tuning that that Bungie says that they're doing, not Bungie, good Lord, <laughs> that 343 says that they are doing, uh, should address some of that problems, some of those problems, and make it feel like you are being rewarded for doing things more specific to maybe the objective or or the game, the game itself. Xbox Cloud Gaming launches on Xbox Series X and S and Xbox One. Uh, so if you're interested in some of that cloud gaming, my internet is straight potato, so I will not be doing cloud gaming. Thank you very much. So as a result of all of the Activision Blizzard stuff that's going on, the new revelations and that new report from the Wall Street Journal on Bobby Kotick and his involvement, PlayStation CEO Jim Ryan has come out and criticized a, quote, deep-seated culture of discrimination and harassment. Now, this is some of those ancillary uh, problems that are going to arise for Activision Blizzard out of this whole thing. 
it's going to start affecting them when uh, Sony does not want Activision Blizzard games, when Microsoft does not want Activision Blizzard games. Another article headline here, Activision Blizzard shareholders demand Kotick's removal, but the company leadership is not budging. Quote, the time for timidity and silence, if there ever was one, has clearly passed. And it is time now for Activision Blizzard board of directors to step forward or step aside, a shareholder group wrote. Okay, all right. I, I know I'm sparsing this news out, but there was... Um, so Jim Ryan, the CEO of PlayStation, um, made that that comment about Activision Blizzard. These shareholders wrote uh, the statement about Bobby Kotick. I have another article that they talked about. Microsoft uh, said something about, hey, you know, Activision, this is unacceptable. Nintendo had a statement saying, hey, this is unacceptable. And that's what they have to do. Like, at this point, Bobby Kotick is becoming a very controversial character and Gosh, I hate to say it, but Activision Blizzard is becoming a very controversial uh, publisher and developer. And so, of course, you're going to have these companies that work closely with Activision Blizzard kind of putting some distance between them and the company. Uh, so I, I, they got to get it in gear or else all of their good partnerships are going to dissolve just based on like a PR standpoint. Uh, Multiversus has been announced and it is free is a free to play uh platform fighter and it launches in 2022 this is the one i think we talked about a little while ago there was a rumor about it uh tom and jerry batman harley quinn Arya stark all of these warner brother properties uh getting together in a in a a, a fight game similar to uh like a smash brothers sifu is now releasing on february 8th 2022 i believe it was supposed to come out next month in December, uh, but it's releasing a little late there. Um, Sifu looks like a really cool game, and it's got a really cool mechanic where you're not as good unless you, like, the more that you play, the older that you get, and the more experienced of a martial art artist you become, and the, the I guess you become a better better fighter in, in some way. It looks really, really interesting, really cool. Phil Spencer talks about emulation and preservation of games, and he calls for industry-wide support. We talked about this on the podcast months and months ago with archival and preservation of games and how kind of our, our main thesis in that podcast episode was that most of the archival, most of the preservation was going to fall on the hands of the developers of those games themselves, of the platforms that those games were on, especially when it comes to tight license holders like Nintendo not wanting any of their IP to get in the hands of anyone else, even their older games, because they have a very ambitious kind of um, backwards catalog that they don't really ever want to fill out. Um, so. It's interesting that Phil Spencer would say this. Uh, he says, quote, my hope, and I think I have to present it that way as of now, is as an industry, we'd work on legal emulation that allowed modern hardware to run any, within reason, older executable, allowing someone to play any game. If we said, hey, anybody should be able to buy any game or own any game and continue to play, that seems like a great North Star for us as an industry and I agree I agree with that sentiment and I I think it's 
and even though I don't like to go back and play older games as often, just because games have, have come so far, and I have a lot of great memories with older games, but it's not just the graphics, it's the gameplay, it's the storytelling, it's the pacing, it's the lighting, it's a lot of the times, it's the content. Some of that stuff doesn't age very well either, and so it's, it's very difficult sometimes to go back to an older game and, you know, just play it. And, but I do think it's very important that we have some kind of way, some kind of consistent way to archive, uh, archive games. Loop Hero launches de December 9th for the Switch. I'm interested in that game, actually. Forza Horizon 5 crosses 10 million players. Anthony will be very happy to hear. Xbox is evaluating all aspects of a relationship with Activision. Uh, in light of recent reports, so we talked about that a little bit. Uh, 1,300 Activision Blizzard employees have signed a petition demanding Bobby Kotick's removal. Uh, Halo Infinite won't get campaign co-op until May 2022. I believe we're seeing the campaign uh, middle of next month, December 19th, I want to say. Um, and I might actually, I might wait on the campaign. And if Anthony is, is with me on this, maybe we could wait on the campaign until we can have a co-op run of the campaign together heck maybe we could do some game game capture and and put that on one of our social media platforms i think that'd be really cool really cool to see i gotta talk to anthony about that why am i talking to you about that you should be surprised by it you should in may wake up one morning and and go over to our facebook feed or our, our tiktok feed or our youtube channel and you should you should see a new video and be like what's this new video and by gosh, it is a, a co-op run-through of Halo Infinite with Anthony and Dustin behind the wheel. I mean, how great would that be? I mean, it'd be great. It'd be great for me. It doesn't have to be great for you. Tencent acquires minority stake in ukulele developer Playtonic. Uh, I don't know much about Playtonic, but I know ukulele is hot garbage. <laughs> it's not hot garbage. It's, it's all right. 343 Industries is reportedly working on another game besides Halo Infinite. Hmm. Which would be interesting. I'm not super familiar with what 343 did before Halo uh, because I know they took over it on uh, Halo 4. Maybe it was Halo Reach. No, it had to be It had to be Halo 4 was when Bungie left. Uh, okay, another Activision thing here. Activision CEO Bobby Kotick will reportedly consider resigning if he cannot fix the mess he made. So he wants a chance to fix it. Respectable, I guess. But man, at this point, the <laughs> the evidence is pretty damning um, that there is some deep-seated problems in that, uh, in that company. Another article, uh, Nintendo boss slams Activision Blizzard following, quote, distressing and disturbing reports of toxic workplace culture. Um... Activision Blizzard uh, forms a, quote, workplace responsibility committee. And so, <laughs> obviously, this didn't all happen in one day. This didn't all happen in one week. But you are experiencing the timeline as it went uh, for Activision Blizzard for these last couple weeks. Oh, like I mentioned at the top of the show, Amazon Studios is said to be nearing a deal for Mass Effect adaptation for Prime Video. Now, I've only played Mass Effect 2, I want to say. I haven't played the Legendary Edition, though there is a rumor that that is coming to Game Pass, so I may be picking up that. 
when it comes to Game Pass because I've got that subscription service already, and it's, it's basically a free game. I know it's not free. Nothing's free. I have a subscription service to it, but I'm excited uh, that I might get a chance to play some of those games that I never got a chance to, even though the conclusion of Mass Effect 3 was very contentious, and then the, the one after that was not well-received and had a bunch of bugs. But I, I, I the story for Mass Effect 2 was amazing, and so I can't imagine that uh, the story would be any less for a Amazon um, Amazon Studios. Is it a movie? Prime Video. Mm, it doesn't say. Maybe it's a maybe it's a series. And by all accounts, I had that uh, podcast a couple weeks ago with my brother talking about the Wheel of Time series on Amazon. I checked back with him after the first three episodes, and. Uh, he says it's pretty damn good. He says they do a pretty good job uh, with the series. I myself have not watched it just yet. PlayStation 5 has a UI patent that outlines uh, an app that switches uh, without leaving the game. And so uh, they said this is very similar to the Xbox One. uh, I believe it was called a quick snap feature where you could do like apps within the apps, like you're playing a game and then you could snap to the side a, you know, football game. Cause they, that's when the Xbox one was tr- really trying to sell itself as like a multimedia entertainment experience. Epic games acquires the rock band developer harmonics. So another acquisition there. I mean, for the people that like to keep up with that sort of thing, psychological horror title, Martha is dead has been delayed to February 24th, 2022, a creepy, scary game that I had no intention of playing at all, but uh, now it's been delayed, so I couldn't even if I wanted to. Okay, so uh, here's kind of a, a, a fun twist on things. We've been talking about Activision. We've been talking about all of the companies and shareholders and employees that have been writing letters and, and protesting. Uh, now... PlayStation is facing a class action lawsuit that alleges gender discrimination as well. The lawsuit alleges that Sony, quote, tolerates and cultivates a work environment that discriminates against female employees. The recently filed lawsuit, as spotted and reported by Axios, alleges that Sony, uh, quote, tolerates and uh, cultivates a work environment, discriminates against female employees, including female employees and those who identify. As female, the primary point of contention here seems to be unequal pay, and so it has been said before. You know, video game culture, uh, nerd culture in general is very—it's very inclusive, right? We've we've had this area for ourselves for a long time, and now there's other groups and other people uh, coming into the space. And, you know, we need to we need to be open and welcoming and and accept them. But there are some people that are unwilling to give up that space, especially someone that may have been, you know, bullied or picked on in the past. Now they have a uh, firm grasp on power and now they are the CEO of Activision Blizzard and their name is Bobby Kotick. I don't know. I don't know. In addition, it is alleged that Sony policies, quote, lead to gender-based inequities favoring males regardless or regarding promotions that, quote, women are denied opportunities for advancement at Sony and the lack of, quote, sufficient oversights or safety measures against such inequalities means that those being discriminated against are without recourse. 
Now, not to downplay the seriousness of this lawsuit or the allegations therein, um, but it is obviously not a lawsuit in the same vein of Activision Blizzard, where you know there is uh, sexual assault and harassment and misconduct and those sort of things. Uh, this is, you know, having uh, inequality in in any form is a is a bad thing, um, but it's Sony's a little bit bigger company. So you would expect them to run a little bit tighter ship where that kind of stuff is not uh, allowed to go on because if it gets out, just like I said before, when it comes to, you know, Bobby Kotick and Activision Blizzard, it's going to start affecting their bottom line. Oh, here's something I I thought was kind of neat. Hideo Kojima seems to be teasing a new game starring Norman Reedus. And he just made a new studio that was like, TV game and film and so he may be making uh, some movies and I know he's got uh, Kojima productions uh, for the games for like Death Stranding and stuff like that we may finally see well I think that may be a Capcom game still not a Capcom who's the one he left yeah it was Capcom no it wasn't Capcom it was I don't remember I don't remember the I don't remember the game. Uh, anyway, it is a a tweet from Hideo Kojima himself. Uh, he said recently I've been revising the plan and script and experimenting with everything else. And it looks like in the background there may be a Norman Reedus scratching his head, though the image is kind of blurry. Uh, Fortnite's Chapter 2 finale, The End, kicks off on December 4th. So anyone that is involved in Fortnite that likes to play those games, uh, there's a new season coming up here this next month. And then our uh, last and final uh, story of the day, which after all of this harassment stuff, after all of these companies and shareholders and stakeholders uh, raining hellfire on Activision, Blizzard, and Bobby Kotick specifically, Uh, It's kind of a dud at the end here. The Outer Worlds 2 has seemingly been in development since 2019. Uh, That's a a rumor, according to a LinkedIn profile, um, where he said he'd been working on the Outer Worlds 2 for the last couple years. Uh, And that's, I mean, I guess that's, it's, uh, it's good. We knew the Outer Worlds was good. We knew it was bound for a sequel just because of Obsidian's pedigree and their acquisition by Microsoft. Um, so it, it could be coming out pretty quick. All we got of Outer Worlds 2 at E3 was like that trailer. It was like a cinematic trailer with some tongue-in-cheek comedy, but very good stuff. Um, ever since Fallout New Vegas, I've been a huge fan of Obsidian, and the Outer Worlds 1 was amazing, and so I can only expect the same out of the Outer Worlds 2. Let's get on to game releases here, shall we? Okay, so I know that Anthony dropped a lot of love when it came to uh, video game releases uh, upcoming in the next, I, I shoot, he must have gone four or five months out last week if you didn't listen to that one. Uh, I'd like to keep you a little more updated on the here and now, the next couple as it were. And so, uh, like I said, I missed last week. We got the Grand Theft Auto, uh, the trilogy the definitive edition came out on the 11th. Uh, the Elder Scrolls V Skyrim Anniversary Edition also came out. I'm just kind of going through the the big ones. Pokemon Shining Pearl and Brilliant Diamond are out as well. So some people probably interested in that. Sherlock Holmes Chapter 1 came out. 
Battlefield 2042 came out. Death's Door has recently been released. Um, shoot, that came out a couple days ago. Those are some of the big ones that um, that just drops. Just, just drops. Just dropped. Uh, some that are coming up November 29th to December 5th. Let's uh, let's give you those ones. I think Evil Genius 2 World Domination comes out for PlayStation 4 and 5 and Xbox One and Series on November 30th. Then in December we get Dairoku Agents of Sakuratani. Uh, it's an adventure uh, title coming out on Nintendo Switch on December 2nd. Solar Ash. Ooh, this one looks really good. We saw some uh, sneak peeks of it at E3 and before. It's coming out on PlayStation 4 and 5 and PC on December 2nd. Big Brain Academy. Brain versus Brain coming out on December 3rd. Can you guess what console that's coming out for? I bet you can. It's coming out for Nintendo Switch, of course. Uh, Chorus that Anthony talked about is coming out on December 3rd for PlayStation, Xbox, and PC. That is last and current generation. Uh, Daganronpa uh, S Ultimate Summer Camp is coming out December 3rd for Nintendo Switch. And then finally on December 3rd, Disney Magical World 2 Enchanted Edition is coming out on December 3rd for Nintendo Switch as well. Ah. <sighs> You know what? If you miss a week of news, um, there's a lot of news. Like That was a news-heavy broadcast. But I appreciate you sticking around for the video game news. Now, if video game news isn't your thing, stick around tomorrow. I've got another show. <laughs> if I'm not your thing, you're going to have to wait longer than a day. Um, but stick around tomorrow. I've got a show called The Friday Show where I get to talk about whatever the hell I want. And I've got an episode queued up where I have a special guest. Uh, it's actually Anthony. He's going to be on the show uh, tomorrow. So please check that out. Give it a listen. But on Saturday, we uh, sometimes we have a show called On Today's Episode where we talk semi-regularly about shows that we're watching or movies that we've watched and break it down for you. It's kind of a review and recap show. Then on Sunday, just like the news desk today, we talked about video games. Anthony talks about movie news and the entertainment industry on the Weekend Wire. Then on Monday, uh, Anthony's got a show like the Friday show, except it's on Monday. So it makes it very different. Also, it's not hosted by the same guy that hosts the Friday show, which is me. It's hosted on Monday by a guy that's him. <laughs> so Monday Madness, he gets to talk about whatever he wants to talk about on Monday Madness. And then we'll meet you back here for the news desk on Thursdays. But that's it for the show. I'm going to go bathe my canker sores in pure Alaskan glacial water. Uh, thanks for thanks for sticking around. Leave us a review. Leave us a comment. Subscribe. Send us an email. You can follow us at Culture Jack on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. You can send us an email at culture.collective.x2 at gmail.com. But that is all I've got for the news, and we'll see you next week.